0: And while we have a through line that states authorial intent means dick. Right. I don't wanna have to have the same haircut you have dad.
1: Sorry, forgive me. Harriet motherfucking tub (laughs) (laughs) You'll be crawling to something else. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you know.
0: JK something So w was it was was this before or after the poster and you vomiting all over the couch?
1: For those of you that can't see, Ed's eyes just crossed.
0: That is fucked up. (laughs) But it's not wrong. At the middle school level here in Northern California. And uh, the news in, in my world uh, is that my, my back patio is now uh, lit in the way that my wife and I want it to be. We have, we have lovely uh, cafe or bistro lighting, depending on how fancy you want to be about the wording uh set up out here which is why i am actually broadcasting from my back patio um and, well okay that that's it's i'm able to broadcast from my back patio and i'm i am here because uh my in-laws are the ones who did all the work and they're currently in the office i was so proud of the last time we were recording so uh progress on on my new home continues apace um, I, am, I am getting farther and farther into the land of home ownership, uh, which uh, still remains a, a broad and uh, sometimes terrifying vista ahead of me. Uh, but that's me. Uh, who, who are you?
1: Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin and drama teacher up here in Northern California, all around Union thug. Uh, and, uh, I have not been kicked out of my office in any way. I just have a nice background that nobody can see my office because months and months ago, uh, a shelf just completely fell and failed. Like the whole thing, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then one day I heard the whole thing fall. Yeah. And now the speaker in front of my TV is threatening to do the same and I am mechanically inept. So...
0: Well, you know, I just yeah. managed to in- install a closer on a screen door earlier today. So at some point I might have to come out there and help you out yes. with my, you know, basic handyman competence. Yes. No, uh, that, hey, I'm that, far you know, below
1: basic to borrow from okay. education. All right. Yeah, uh, so I'm pathetically
0: proud of the work I did today. I just want to say nice. to anybody who's actually a home improvement type, it's like, huh, yeah, okay, that's that's great. Pat on head. But like to <laughs> me, it's like, no, no, look look at my basic competence and despair mm-hmm. you know um so yeah no i'll, I'll cool. i may,
1: that'd be that know, would be swell with
0: that. before it falls
1: so <laughs> hey we have uh, another person has entered the chat uh, yes
0: no, yes chat another another person has entered the chat yeah. a a very very good friend of my oldest friend as a matter mm-hmm. of fact uh and, and mm-hmm. i don't i don't mean that i word. don't mean that hey no hey i don't mean that the way that sounds I, I genuinely don't know I mean the the friend I, I have known the longest my my brother from another mother uh, Bishop O'Connell uh, uh, author and all-around great dude um, give us give us an introduction sir
2: yeah my name Bishop O'Connell um, I am actually in Richmond Virginia um, I and working from home. That's one of the upsides for me with the plague, anyway, is I do consulting work and DVA work when I'm not writing because writing doesn't pay the bills. Um, and because I sit on a computer all day, I was able to transfer to work from home. And it looks like I'm going to be able to do that going forward. And also during this time, I achieved an author level of achievement, I got a cat. Um, and this is a warning to the listeners that if you hear me wince or cry out in pain, it's because my kitten Guinness has decided that I am his cat tree again, and uh, his claw control is not what it should be. Um, but when I am not working to pay the bills, I am a writer. Um, as Ed said, I have uh, the American Fairy Tale series is an urban fantasy sort of modernizing fairy tales Um and I will have a new book coming out on May 31st called The Two-Gun Witch. That is a historical fantasy or weird Western um, that is uh, elves and dwarves are real set in a post-Civil War America. Um, think of it as the elves joined with uh, Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota against westward expansion and started winning until humans drafted the dwarves who introduced basically tanks and not only turned the tide of the war, but almost ended up wiping out elves entirely. And the main protagonist is now a bounty hunter who hunts humans who've been corrupted by dark magic because it gives thorough reason to legally kill humans.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wow. I am, I am really stoked to read that. And wow, that's dark. Like. <laughs> yeah,
2: it, it, it's the feel good hit of the summer.
0: Yeah, clearly. <laughs> you you
1: clearly. took you took what was American history of genocide and displacement, and made it darker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> that is one word for it. Yes.
0: Being so. being Irish might help. Yeah, that's very you true.
1: <laughs> so, okay, I got a question right off the bat. Okay. You you have got, purchased a cat, or you have acquired a cat. Uh, you are writing about eighteen hundreds magic. How did you avoid the trap of naming your cat something really unfortunately racist?
2: Um, I'm not a complete total jackass.
1: Okay, cool. Um,
2: And I have managed to start prying my head out of my own ass. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to say that it's completely out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that at least my ears have cleared. Um, so that i'm able to listen when other people say things and not make an utter fool out of myself although i do on a regular basis make an utter fool of myself but i've
0: i've learned just not in that way yes Yes, when you're milking a cow yeah Yeah, right yeah um i i'm also gonna gonna you know as as the you know literary nerd of of the two of us between me and damien I'm, i'm just gonna point out that he's not writing weird fiction
1: Oh it involves it
0: involves magic, but it it doesn't involve Cthuloid entities.
1: Okay. I mean I like that uh, you're like as a literary nerd. No, let's let's be very clear. As the one who actually reads fiction books.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair. (laughs) I don't do that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Charlie, don't well, serve. No, you, you read the that. Star
2: Wars, the Star Wars stuff? Yeah, right?
1: that's geography and ancient history. I don't see what, what...
0: <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, right. exactly. well, yeah, okay, all right, yeah. all right. Yeah, well done. My daughter could well tell you then.
1: what's closer to Niklon like you know, she'll know.
0: Yeah, so well, that's just because you're raising so. them right. Yeah. yeah. yeah so absolutely. you know.
1: So. Well, okay, cool. <clears throat> so you, when did you? Uh, my second question for you is is very generic when did you start writing as an actual author? Like how, how, when, when in your life um did you start with an urban fantasy? Uh Now I, I must confess I have not yet read it Um because again, it's a fiction book. So, you know,
2: <laughs> I, I know and words are hard. Yes. Both, both of those things are true. <laughs> uh,
1: so, uh but uh when in your life did you get started because what we found so far is most uh successful writers join the navy first uh and then they come back and uh
0: (laughs) most most successful genre writers
1: right right
0: (laughs) yeah science science fiction writers yeah okay i got
2: around that because my dad was in the navy so oh that That, that was that was my shortcut okay um actually it is kind of funny that i have always been interested in writing i actually really remember clearly writing one and two page short stories in first grade that the teacher would read at story time hmm. which i'm sure at the time they were horrible rip-offs of whatever cartoon or disney movie or whatever i had recently seen sure um, but that was also my first introduction into both critical acclaim and criticism of you know the kids wanting to kick my ass at recess because they didn't like the stories and the kids thinking that, that was cool that they did like the stories um I would say I didn't get into it seriously until my Mm -hmm. thirties. My first book actually took me about 10 years to finish. Um, I was that guy that's working on a book Mm -hmm. um, for way too long. Um, But a dear friend of mine applied boot to ass um, and got me to finish that book. Mm -hmm. And the second book I finished in three months. Um, But then I spent the next three years editing it. And that book was actually The Stolen, which was my first published book. So okay. in that regard, I kind of beat the average because a lot of authors I know who are published, especially traditionally published authors, as opposed to indie. which for those who don't know traditional publishing just means you're with one of the bigger publishing houses, Harper, uh, Penguin. Um, Bain. Uh, yeah, Bain, um, Tor, one of those. Sure. Um, Whereas indie, uh,
1: you're with uh, Henry Jones, LTD. Yeah, yeah. exactly
2: um and nice. I, i'm not mad about that one <laughs> um it's at uh, Oddly, is i'm indie not indie mad yourself, about that one either <laughs> or or, or uh, there are small publishers um for example two gun which is actually coming out through a small press publisher called Falstaff books um because while just about every editor i submitted to really liked the story mm-hmm. um the the ow that was my cat um the 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 marketing people didn't know how to sell it, so they wouldn't let them pick it up. Um, but the I actually got picked up also in a very unusual way. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of a take the long way around here. Um, yeah. When I had finished the stolen um, Harper Voyager, which is the science fiction fantasy branch uh, or imprint of Harper Collins had an open submission window. And for people who are not in the know about the literary world, that's never ever happens. Um, Typically you have to get an agent first and then the agent submits the books out to the various editors and they decide whether or not they're gonna get you. Well, Harper Voyager was expressly looking for unagented authors. Um, It was to launch a new imprint called Harper Voyager Impulse and the original idea the window was open for i think it was 3 weeks
0: and it was in october of yeah he knows his <laughs> name ed um, ed, well, yeah, ed is playing, holding I'm up playing, the book i'm pointing to the harper voyager impulse on the on uh, the on the, on the yeah. book um, i had not i hadn't realized impulse was a big deal um, but uh
2: it was i want to say 2000 uh, 2015, 2014. The- Hold 15. on, I have the
0: book here in front of me.
2: Yeah, yeah Ed, come look at the copyright date. Uh, oh,
0: wow. Copyright. Uh, see, I was,
1: I was chiding Ed for actually like holding up the book to the author, but turns out this was useful and helpful to him.
0: Yeah. 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 Copyright 2014. Thank
2: you. Okay, so this would have been in 2012 or 2013.
0: That um, makes sense. It out
2: October, and the idea was that they were going to pick 12 people, and they were going to release one author a month. To introduce this new imprint and they were going to release all the names in december well they got many 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 more submissions than they expected um i believe the total was somewhere near five thousand. 000. oh um, that's rat, a lot yeah. and uh they changed their their tactics and said that uh the the original timeline is now blown to hell and whereas but- before you, we were just going to announce the winners. We weren't going to let you know if we didn't pick you. They said, we will now be informing everybody um, whether we are accepting you or not along the way. And if you're curious along the way, you can email us and we'll let you know. Well, time passed and time passed and time passed. And I think it was about uh, six or eight months later, um, I hadn't heard anything. And of course, when you're writing for something like this, you're terrified that it's disappeared in your spam folder and you deleted it by accident. Um, so I sent an email asking, you know, what my status was, and I never heard anything back. Um, so part of me was like, well, they didn't email you back because you're out, you moron, of course. And then the other part of me was like, well, maybe they just didn't get it. But I don't want to email them again because I don't want to piss them off because that will tip it out of my favor. And then they'll say, well, screw it. We were going to take you. But now you've annoyed us with a second email and we're going to we're, we're not going to. Which I got son I, of a bitch.
1: <laughs> I got to ask, how often have you heard of that happening in literary circles?
2: It never this was the first time it ever happened which is one of the reasons it had such a huge response
1: no i Um, mean the the i emailed them one time too many and now my book's not getting published
2: never never right
0: (laughs) yeah no no. but 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 we all we we all know about anxiety yeah brain gremlins are a thing yeah you know come on yeah and
2: and if if you meet any authors really uh rational is usually not an adjective that is apt um
0: well I, I think i think i think rational applies in 99 percent of things but when it comes to you know uh, self-evaluation of your own work rational goes so far out the window as like let's let's hook up a rail cannon and and you <laughs> yes. know like no no we're going we're going for low earth orbit there is no rational here no no
2: yes that that that, 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 that is very accurate um anyway uh to kind of compress this down more and more time like and during this time a lot of buzz had been created about this. And there was an on-site uh, community uh, called Absolute Right that, where people can review agents and publishers and ask questions and stuff like that as they're trying to get picked up. And as you can imagine, this had its own monster thread that people were posting, has anybody heard anything? So people were posting as they got confirmation, yep, nope, I'm out, I'm out, all that. And people were always saying, is anybody in? Is anybody in? Well, I believe it was the 18 month mark or right there about um i said screw it i'm gonna send another email and i got an email back in less than two hours telling me
1: that you blew your chance that this one email was the thing no yeah Yeah, fuck you (laughs) fuck you dude piss off Um, yeah
2: i got an email back saying um hold tight you're still in the running we're Mm -hmm. processing this as quickly as possible and of course i was like oh shit that's awesome i made it this far Right. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the contestant who makes it like the second place in the big show, That it's like, it really is an honor just to be nominated, make it this far. Competition. Sure. Oh yeah. I and mean, You still want to win, but even if you don't, that's still a pretty cool feather. Yeah. Well, and then it was, I think it was a couple, it wasn't more than a couple of weeks later. I got an email from um, an editor Harper. I saw at HarperCollins.com and I saw the email on my phone. I was at work and My email on my phone did a preview of the first two lines of the email. And it said, dear Mr. O'Connell, we are pleased to offer you. And at that moment, I lost all of my shit. I lost all of my shit. I lost all of your shit. I lost everybody's shit. (laughs) I I went completely (laughs) bonkers. And it, it took me several minutes to calm down enough to actually be able to open the email and read the entire thing
1: you had to be in um, shit debtors prison for a while it was
2: yeah exactly. luckily
1: you'd set up a limited liability shit company but like yeah. you know still you, yeah. you're you still out several people's shit
2: I, my shit, shit, shit investors score were coming is still shit it's yeah,
1: yeah it just you know the shit dividends were were through the roof it was yeah. well they were shit yeah it was, i remember you know. it was the, the great shit bond
2: it was yeah um but anyway it was a deal for two books um And as the negotiations went into as to what the deals were for the contract, I did not have an agent at that time. And they said, "Um, you can proceed with this if you want, or you can go and get an agent now to to go on your behalf. Well, obviously it's much easier to get an agent when you already have an offer in hand. Yeah. Um, And my agent who has since retired, God bless her, she was a wonderful one, but uh, it just wasn't making it working for her. Um, She actually rejected me three times I think though she doesn't remember the first two. Um, And I emailed her and somebody else back who had requested the full manuscript uh, when I queried them and said, hey, I have an offer. I'd like an agent. Do you want free money? (laughs) 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 Basically, you're going to get 15% for doing nothing other than looking over the contract and making sure I'm not getting screwed. (laughs) Um, And she was the first one to reply. So she got the deal. Um,
1: Good work if you can get it.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm in the um, wrong business. It um, actually turned out that the stole, or well, let me. There's still more to the story. Then, so once I got this news, me being me, I try to be a nice guy. I thought, well, I haven't heard about anybody getting accepted anywhere. I'm gonna let people know I got accepted. So I went to the Harper uh, Voyager website, and they have their blog with their entries about you know the, the open submission window, and I posted a comment saying, hey. I just got my acceptance letter and about eight seconds later i got an email from my editor saying oh yes we should have told you don't tell anybody we want to announce everybody together uh, um
1: and now they took now they took it away now, yeah now this, they, now they, the they
0: said nope 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 yeah. nope." however you get nothing good day sir <laughs> right <laughs> yeah purple hat and all yep. yeah yeah um,
2: excuse me. Um, however, in a new Coke level of marketing brilliance, <laughs> I unwittingly became an internet sensation because I was the only person who anybody knew had got accepted. Ah. Um, during this time, I had reached the point to where I had decided that if the stolen didn't get picked up by Harper, I was going to publish it myself. Okay. Um, so I had set up a blog. i had started doing some entries every now and then. Yep, the yep, yep. views on my blog went from Small single digits a week mm-hmm. um, to tens of thousands a day,
1: and that's not based on the merits of what you writ because no. nobody had read what you written. That's right. As far as that book goes, that right. that's just based on people being interested in this genre, the newness of publishing, and stuff like that.
2: Right, and the four thousand nine hundred and eighty-eight people who submitted that didn't get accepted. Yeah, I was I was
0: yeah, I was gotcha. I was gonna say how how many of those new visits to your blog were from other other frustrated writers who hadn't heard yet.
2: Well, I had to go radio silence at that point. Um, oh so yeah, I had no, been
0: participating
2: in the Absolute
0: Right community, so
2: I went. Dark. I'm sorry. The what? Absolute right.
1: Let's let's unpack that first off. How is it spelled?
2: Absolute, like the word, like absolutely. And sure. It's right. W R I T E. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, um... <laughs> And um, I, just, I an
1: online community just, with no. the word "right" in it. it hey, just, hey yeah. they're
0: just talking about yes. they're talking about classical no. liberalism, the absolute <laughs> rights of the individual. So, okay, you know, okay. liberty and self-expression. Yeah. Come on, that, no, that, that, you you know that's, the yeah, Irish. That's
2: a good call Damien. Yeah, what's that? That's a good call, Damien. I haven't
1: yeah. thought about that. That's, yeah, you know, you times
2: know, have changed since I was <laughs> participating in that community. Is,
0: this is true.
1: <laughs> hey, were there discussions of like you know the leprechauns were really the first slaves?
2: You would not. Actually, you would not be surprised how many times that has been asked of me by people oh my uh, Lord. related to the Irish. Uh, oh, God, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so I went dark on this community and I got a private message from somebody saying, hey, I have also been accepted. I'm glad I finally found somebody. But during my lurking, this place exploded about me that all of a sudden people were searching me and wondering who I was. And... Mm for a good period of time with my name if you googled it most of what you got for the first several pages was a, a child sex abuse scandal in boston because oh, of, bishop yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah bishop o'connell yeah. who was in charge of the diocese out in that area right um now i am on the first page of google but bishop o'connell high school still beats me out in most cases um but Anyway, the people were asking, "Who am I? Does anybody know anything about this guy? What's his stories about?" Blah blah. blah. Oh, I found his blog. It's over here. Everybody, go look at his blog. See right. What it's all about. Right. So that was great. Well, it turned out that the stolen actually launched the Harper Voyager Impulse imprint. Whoa! The first book out of the gate.
1: Flagship of the was... fleet, baby. Yeah.
2: yeah. And well, for a while, I still have a screen capture. For a while, the cover was on the header of the Harper Voyager website. That's awesome. Um right next to some New York Times bestsellers, which was very cool, which is why yeah. I still have a screen capture of it. Ironically, it was cut in such a way that my name does not appear. Um, <laughs> you know they did that on purpose, though. You They're know, like, yeah, yeah. No, Somebody was like, all right, we're going to put him on the page, but fuck that guy. We're not including him." Yeah, name. yeah. Fuck that <laughs> guy. Well, no, yeah, for,
1: for like very know. good reason. like if you remember um, the amount of Air Bud posters that were in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, it was because then they're not using anybody's likeness. So it's much cheaper to not include a person because that dog was long since dead and his grandson, his grandchildren uh, were not able to access his estate anyway.
0: It didn't have any kind of legal rights to that money.
1: Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, I think that it's entirely likely that they kept your name off it just in case <laughs> somebody brought like, hey, you're using my name to pump this up, kind of, you know.
0: They nipped it in the bud as you would as it were yeah oh oh, oh god well, damn then. it i had to get both of you on the. damn it really
2: you booked this i know i know um, i did god no oh. so no anyway so the, the yeah the stolen came out it actually did fairly well um it actually earned me enough to qualify for uh sifla the science fiction fantasy writers association now it was science fiction fantasy writers of america they have since mm-hmm. changed the a to mean association because we have members all over the world which was very cool nice. um because the the the, the likes of the, the people who are members of this group are the biggest big names in the, in the various genres so like um, christy
1: golden timothy zahn aaron alls well he's dead now but karen travis <laughs> i'm only naming uh, people that wrote star wars books but yeah, yes yes but we're um, talking like those movers and shakers or are we talking about like other other types of folks
2: well i'm people who who have not aged quite as well like you know asimov was was a member ah, sure. um
0: uh, asimov's I mean, work has aged okay asimov as a person well not so much but yeah
2: i i wouldn't reread the foundation series then um
1: do you have trouble separating the art from the artist i know okay. i do but do you not,
2: not when they're dead
1: okay um, when they're interesting dead, that i don't isn't it?
2: have as much problem yeah um, when they're still alive, my thinking is, um, and I kind of stole this from John Scalzi, who is a science fiction writer. I know um, that name. That while people are alive, he also runs a blog called The Big Idea, which is
0: very- Awesome, which segment. is awesome. Yes, yeah. highly it. Mm-hmm. Highly
2: recommended. Um, His His, the way he takes it is while somebody is alive, he does not want to contribute his money to these people who have ideas that he opposes. Once they're dead, and I think he gives it a period of time of a few years. Uh, mm-hmm. Once they're dead, then he'll go through and enjoy the books. Um, But he also does not go against anyone else who does still enjoy it if they can separate the two. Um, Sure, yeah. For me, it's a level of degrees, um, where if it's somebody who I just think has a distasteful opinion versus, say, somebody like Rowling, who Mm -hmm. has just become a monstrous trash fire of epic proportions,
0: well, okay. she's doubled has, and
1: quadrupled down.
0: Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, yeah, you beat me too. And I was gonna say she's quintupled down yeah, she's on she's force multiplying. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. She, you know. she is exponential at this point. Yeah. You know, you know and, and the sad thing about Rowling for me is that because Rowling is connected to a whole bunch of other people, there are other folks that I now have have a hard time. Like I love them dearly, but like I, I wanna I want to ask them, you know, really, really, why? um like john cleese i'm i'm a huge fan of john cleese's work uh during during monty python and since but like really dude really yeah um and i think i i think uh you know a couple of the older actors from the from the harry potter movies Mm -hmm. uh who i'm a fan of have also you know they they haven't necessarily supported what she's they, they haven't supported what she said but she they they have kind of well you know her opinion is her opinion but we love her anyway i'm like you were really you can't you can't yeah. like well, say something stronger about that come also, on also you know? when
1: they said that because she's since doubled and tripled down more yeah, so right. like i could see because i remember um oh what's the name of the main actor um the One who played Harry Potter. Uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. That is, yes. You. Okay. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, he I was he gonna say said, Elijah Wood, but that's like yeah. his his,
2: his alternate <laughs> no, that's, that's that's the Different. meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: No, Elijah Wood, he played Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but oh but when oh. Daniel Radcliffe uh, spoke out uh, in su- loving rebuke of JK yeah. Rowling, yeah, that was when she had just said like two shitty things. Yeah, and he was like, "Look, you know, like we love her, and basically we hope she comes back to the fold." But like you know, what she mm-hmm. said was shitty, but like her book still touched millions, so it's cool. Yeah. But like now, if he came out and said that, then you'd be like, "Dude, come on!" Like yeah. he he did say that at the when we didn't know how shitty she was going to be. Right.
0: Yeah. No. Sadly, the the example that I gave uh, of John Cleese um, that 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 was after I think the triple down yeah yeah and and what i what i have to remind myself is that you know john cleese is of course a member of the silent generation um and And so member
2: of the silent generation that generation is different across the pond
0: that is that's true True. yes but you know and and yeah i mean it hasn't ruined uh life of brian for me or anything but like i can't get excited about his new work like for with with him that's kind of where the dividing line falls for me Mm -hmm. yeah like you know the stuff the stuff that that he did you know back when is is awesome and wonderful and whatever but like you know his one-man stage show i'm like yeah no thanks yeah yeah you know well and it's um, i think
2: it's it's different too depending upon what the medium is because um to take an example of another dumpster fire uh joss whedon (laughs) <laughs> um, a lot of people i'm um, I, I, i'm a fan I, I like the show firefly um, mm-hmm. i never got into buffy but i know a lot of people that are really into buffy and a good way I've, I've heard it is on a television show or a movie when you're boycotting you're not it's not just against that one individual that is a work of legion there are yeah, true hundreds yeah. of people involved there were you know other there were actors producers directors screenwriters
0: other other writers editors yeah Yeah, all those writing guys
2: grips you know electricians all kinds of people involved so with that that one i have an easier time still enjoying the work that their name is on yeah Um, because i know that it's in in a sense i'm helping some of the people that he probably victimized too that they're getting residual checks okay Um, yeah with books, it is much different because yes, it's still a group effort, but it is a much smaller group. It is basically more of a the still kind of editor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, and, and the editor basically, their job is their, their pay is done once the book is at. I, unless the, the publishing deals work differently than I understand, the editors don't usually get a piece of royalty sales, although I'm sure they get bonuses. You know, if yeah, it goes, you sure. know, Stephen King and sells, you know. 4 trillion copies in the first week. I'm sure they get a nice bonus, but...
0: Well, you know, anybody who edits Stephen King is working, you know, 96-hour weeks because the I, man just, like, does not sleep, so...
2: Yeah, but 95 you know. and a half hours of those are simply reading what he sends because when you get yeah. to be Stephen King's level, his editor is basically like, yeah, you missed a period here. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that that's my... That's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, true. Um, that was one please, of my
1: favorite... Oh, go on.
2: Oh, no, let
1: i was just gonna say one of my favorite jokes about was when he uh he got in that car accident it was really bad car wreck and uh like it broke his hip there's a lot of rehab that needed to be done and they said yeah it slowed down the the release of his next book by like 45 minutes (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) yeah the guy actually did a joke about stephen king getting hit by a car and he flips through the air and while he's in the air he finishes a book nice yeah Um, but um it's that that Works for Stephen King because Stephen King, I'm not particularly a fan of his writing. It's not my, my particular cup of tea. Sure. But the man is a marvel at writing. He knows his craft. He knows his shit. Right. J.K. Rowling reached that same level of success without necessarily earning it. Um, most people I know who know anything about writing will tell you the Deathly Hollows probably could have been about two thirds the length it was and not have lost anything for the story.
0: Um, I'm, I'm gonna go so far as to say it could have been half as long. I was trying to be generous for the sake
2: of her editors, not her I,
0: editors. I, you know, I, I, I get at that, that point, she was but... an ATM though,
1: like, well, yeah, that's it, well, yeah, that's yeah. it.
2: nobody was gonna tell her no.
1: Exactly. Yeah, she had become the studio. She 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 was was
0: George Lucas. Oh goddamn it! You beat me to it by milliseconds, (laughs) son of a bitch. Yeah, she was because because and and now I'm just going to elaborate on that. Of course, we've already talked about it, but like you know, when he was making the prequels, you can see in the behind the scenes footage everybody was terrified to say no to the man. Mm -hmm. Like the, the way they're looking at him is not the admiring. Oh, you know, look at Sifu. Look at look at our guru. Look at the master. It's oh shit look at the boss if he makes eye contact fucking run yeah you know like like to the point know, where they you know did they that, were terrified of him
1: they did that funny little joke when uh they had seth green meet with him and somebody mentioned mara jade and he flips out on the guy and kicks him out of the room because mara yeah. jade's not his correction his, yeah. his creation oh. yeah it took me a minute to realize that that was a joke and not a real thing that had happened
2: oh I didn't oh, yeah. realize that was a joke until you just said that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, all no, it was,
1: that's yeah. all 100 a joke. Like he's really good at m- being able to laugh at himself, right? And I imagine it has to do with the billions of dollars that he has.
0: It's it's yeah. real easy to not take yourself too seriously when you're sitting on that kind of a pile of cash. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah, and
1: yeah. you know, and you still you sound know. like Kermit the Frog made it <laughs> with Harold Ramis.
2: Yeah. You you so. literally laugh all the way to the bank in yeah. your yeah. stretch limousine.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: filled so, with yeah. cash. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> made of more cash.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but no, I I, I think we've we've we spent enough time mentioning the unmentionable one's name. Um yeah. Yeah. We, can, we can move so on. Now but we're back anyway, to um,
1: you're the author yeah. we're interviewing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, um, actually so just to 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 sort of tidy up my, my start, um little by little other authors that were picked up, we all got in touch with each other and kind of started an email ring. And we actually to this day still have a Facebook group um only a couple of us are still with harper um but we all still team up and it's it's kind of a group therapy session nice um, we're all kind of there for each other we're all you know in the same boat we all know which where it's coming through some new people have coming in along the way some i think a couple of older people have dropped off. one guy I can't even remember his name, but he was the biggest pompous ass I've ever come across who his ego was way too big for the level of success that he He's attained. right here. And,
0: you know, <laughs> no, this is I'm, yeah, I, you, damn it. You keep beating <laughs> me to all my good lines tonight. I was going to say, you know, I'm sitting right here. You've known me since, I, since before I, since yeah, seventh no. fucking grade. You could just be honest. Like, come on. No,
2: this guy basically thought that he was too good for Harper, um, who was at the time the biggest publisher in the world. Um, and it's like, dude. First of all, wow. you're in a B-rate imprint of their sci-fi imprint. So, like, sh- like, check so, so, a bit.
0: so the sci-fi ghetto. <laughs> like, we're all in the sci-fi ghetto, and and this particular group, we're all hanging out in the dive bar in the shitty right. part of yes. the sci-fi ghetto, yes. and you and think you belong on Park on it. yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um we were all
2: very happy for him to go um
0: uh, yeah but, it sounds like it i can i can understand why um right.
2: but no it, it's and then the um my original deal was two books so the stolen and the forgotten came out um okay the stolen um had some back and forth i actually i learned i have actually hired freelance editors before i got picked up by harper because um fun fact i was rejected by 118 agents and three publishers before i got published and none of those agents only rejected me once (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so um i i i I am i am a masochist of the year or the decade
0: of of, yeah (laughs) no i i don't i i think you've 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 gone past the year i'm just gonna say that's, yeah, I,
2: I use that story damn. to tell authors who are working and, and still trying to get published. Yeah. So I was like, hang in there. Um, and I actually mean, one of my favorite books, um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, until recently held the record for the most rejections for a New York Times bestseller. And I think he was 51 or 53.
0: Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, because like, I mean, if you're if you're an, an imprint editor, if, if you're if you're working for a publishing house and you get a book like Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Like, how do you even fucking categorize? I mean, it's 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 clearly genius. Right. Like, like, I'm sure I'm sure there were any number of, of editors who read it and were like, I really, really want to to sign this guy. But well, what do we do with But <laughs> what do we fucking do with this book?
1: I don't see how they didn't go to the same people that that published Dune
0: oh chilton's the, yeah. the motor the motor manual yeah Nick, i mean <laughs> you know yeah well you know it's, and, and... Uh,
2: another fun fact i actually got that book from my father who was a remarkable shit heel but you, he wait. bought it hold on let me finish the story won't make sense to you ed ed knows my father knows what an amazing shit heel he is okay he gave me the book because he thought i might enjoy it because he was disappointed because it had nothing to do with motorcycles and motorcycle maintenance
1: that's like me with okay. *To Kill a Mockingbird*. I, yeah. I was very no upset. It. Yeah. yeah. No, no manual on how to, yeah. in fact, end the life of a mockingbird. Yeah. And and it even promised that you could like murder one in in the top part of a house if it was a small enough bird.
0: And yeah. No, no um, finches in the yeah. attic. I was yeah. I was very It's it's like the internet meme of how to make ducks pay. Right. Yeah. Like you know this this book does not include anything about how to punish ducks for their many crimes against humanity and all that is godly. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Um, head, head that,
1: that's because yeah. ducks are rich beyond belief and unreachable they have
0: duck you money okay there <laughs> nice nice. You. I, you know oddly not bad mm-hmm. yeah. um but like so you you mentioned the, the part of that story about your dad giving you that book is i'm kind of amazed to find out your your dad read read he like,
2: actually believe it or not was was a fairly voracious reader but only of Mac Bolan books, which were wow. a really, really bad pulp series, like James Bond, but without the plot and depth of character. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm
0: trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. I, I, it wasn't Mac Bolan we talked about, but it's Mac Bolan is in a similar, similar line to the series that that inspired the Punisher
1: oh the right. guy who wrote the executioner
0: yeah the executioner yeah. yeah um it's yeah it's the same it's the same shit right. i mean it's boilerplate you know murder fantasy yeah which, uh, If
2: you know, know my father that is completely no
0: underlying. that's that's 110
2: self-aggrandizing yeah it's
0: 110 awesome. yeah 110 in character it's it's like if clive cussler had even more of an attitude problem <laughs> like like my dad my dad who is not a you know, uh, you know, omega level shitheel um, is is a huge Dirk Pitt fan, and Dirk Pitt is like what happens when you take Mac Boland and put him on an anger management program. Wait a minute, you know, Mac Boland is
1: the executioner.
0: Yeah, that's right. I was like, okay. why? Why is this sounding so, so familiar? Yeah, familiar. because it is. Because, because in my research, actually, yeah. yeah, because I've never actually read any Mac Boland books. I've just looked at the covers of them and been like, yeah, I'm moving on.
2: Yeah, you, um, in those cases, you actually can judge
0: a book by its cover. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, because yeah. that's how they advertise. That's that's right. you know that's their target audience. But um, you know, a, 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 another buddy of mine and I had, had a joke for a long time going about you know, Clive Cussler is is that that guy who who lives uh, spends his time in the attic above his, above his mom's house,
2: Trying and to he's kill typing.
0: Inches. He's well, he's no, oh. <laughs> well done. Nice callback. But he's he's typing away on, on a Clive Cussler, you know, novel about, you know, and, and he and he you know grabbed her and pushed her up against the wall and she smacked him, but then she leaned in to kiss him because she wanted him so bad. And then, you know, from down below him from from you know the parlor, Clive Clive, I need you to come down and make the, the cucumber sandwiches for my tea group. Okay, mother, fine you know and, and she's like he's this he's this incredibly pent-up fucker who like writes all this shit because his mom runs his life yeah you know um there are issues there yeah there are and yeah I would say. so
1: all right so back I mean, to you and your books Yeah, instead yes. of clive sorry. tussler sorry. and, oh, and him being fucked that, by right. his mom yeah
2: yeah no um so the they so said the stolen did fairly well um the the forgotten was actually a good lesson for me because um Average novel length is anywhere between seventy-five and ninety thousand words. As a normal full-length novel, okay. Um, most of mine hover right around ninety thousand. Um, Two Gun Witch is actually one of the longer ones. I actually think it broke a hundred or just under. Um, but the Forgotten was one twenty um, in the first draft, so I had to literally cut a quarter of the book.
0: Wow! So how many costs. of your darlings had to die? Well, originally
2: with the Forgotten. Um, Part of what inspired it, have you ever seen the movie Vantage Point? Um, no. It's a movie, I, I, uh, Dennis Quaid is in it. Um, he plays a, a Secret Service agent. And the premise is that there's an attempted assassination of the president of the United States police in Spain. And the movie is basically, I think it's the same 15 minute snippet told from different people's points of view. Oh, okay. So okay. you watch right. the events and then it rewinds and goes to somebody else and shows the, the same events from their point of view.
1: Oh, it's like a—it's a, a modern-day Rashomon, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Um, okay. Well, I was—I was going to do
2: that originally with the forgotten, to where you saw the same scene about six or seven times with small changes in it that, for the reader to pick up. And my editor said, "Yeah, no, this is this is really great. It's not going to work, and you're going to piss a lot of people off. So we're going to cut like five of those six. Um, oh, so that helped. That I actually helped her. It, it did, but by that point, my editor was fantastic. Um, She was absolutely great, Uh, Rebecca. She has since left the publishing world, um, but she was, I couldn't have asked for anybody better to work with. She was fantastic. Um, She was very collaborative. Um, She was very supportive. And she was actually the one who introduced me to the fact, this is um, something that a lot of people don't realize, especially people that are hesitant to get into traditional publishing. The editor does not get final say on the book, the author does. Um, hmm. There were things that she suggested cutting, and there was, in most cases, I agreed with her and thought either I didn't care enough about it to worry about keeping it, or I agreed with her that it, it trimmed the book down and, and made it better, um, but there was one scene that she wanted to cut, that she thought I should cut, and I was fighting her on it, and we went back and forth in emails a couple times explaining our points of view, and the end result, she said, well, ultimately, this is your book. If you want to keep it, we'll keep it. This is my idea, This my, my points are just suggestions. My reply was, wait, what? <laughs> um, I, have thought, I have to do everything you tell me. Um, however, what I did was, and this was actually in the stalling that that happened. Um, what I ended up doing was rewriting the scene until she understood why it was important to the story. Um, so that, that helped me refine my, I learned more working from her with the four books that I did through Harper than I did at any point in my career working with freelance editors or any books I'd read or any classes I had taken. It was phenomenal. Nice. Um, but when the stolen was a book I thought was the urban fantasy book I thought urban fantasy books should be. if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I have I, have, I love fantasy. I started on fantasy as a kid, you know started uh, with you know I started Tolkien at a young age. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still fondly remember the Choose your Own adventure books. Yes. Um, the Shannara books, all of those. Um, cut my teeth on that. And then when urban fantasy started becoming popular, that was kind of like that was my jam. Um and um it, it I completely lost my train of thought now.
0: Uh stolen the was time. the urban fantasy book you yeah. thought urban oh, fantasy yeah. books yeah. should so be. I, it
2: it was it was a story I, I wanted to write. It originally started as a short story, which ironically enough, so did Two Gun Witch. And somebody told me this isn't a short story, this needs to be a full novel. There's too much in it. Um, but in its original version, it was a werewolf and vampire book. And the main character was a werewolf who was not harmed by silver. And because of that is why he was an outcast from his his tribe or his clan. Um, and the first advice I got, this was from a freelance editor, was trust yourself. That you, I, I pulled from so many different pre-existing mythoses and mythologies, um, Shakespeare and traditional Irish and Dungeons and Dragons and everything kind of mashed all together. But I had some points in there that were my own. And my, the editor said, these are great, run with these. And it was the, the key point you stuck out was elves using cell phones. Um, and sorry, my cat just decided he wanted to get into my knickknacks and that's not allowed. Um, so uh, I, that, that's what I wrote. And don't get me wrong, I, I am very, very proud of the stolen. It's my first book. It's my, my first baby. Um, but I would definitely not write that book that way if I were to write it again now, obviously. Um, and when I first started getting reviews, um, some authors can not read the, they can keep themselves from reading the reviews. I am not that, that writer. I want to read every review because so my, my childhood, I thrive on external, uh, affirmation. validation um so i wanted to see whatever the good and the bad Mm -hmm. and um to briefly show why my head is not completely out of my ass here um one of the reviews one of the first one star reviews i got was a scathing review and the reviewer um i presume it was a woman um based upon the name she used said that she hated the book and that i fridged a woman in the first chapter and up until that point, I had never heard that term before. Mm-hmm. I had no okay. idea what that term was. I was yeah. I, I was sheltered, privileged, cishet white boy living in his, his own bubble. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that that was a thing. And when I looked it up, my reaction was, oh shit, she's right. I totally did that. And she said, another thing, she said, it passes the death bill test, but only barely. And I had to look that up and I was Ooh. like, oh shit, she's right about that too. And I I am a firm believer in the fact that authors should never respond to reviews. You should never comment to anybody about reviews. They are not for you, they are for the readers. Hmm. Once you put um, a book out into the wild that does not belong to you anymore, stay the hell out of it. Um, I almost sent her a message saying, thank you for pointing these things out. I am going to work on improving those in future stories. And I did. I increased the, the 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 diversity ratio, and the forgotten increased mm-hmm. significantly. Um, and got even better in uh, the return, the the fourth book, in the series. Though so technically the third book is a short story collection. Um, but yeah, it's it's if you can take bad reviews and actually see the criticism in them, um, yeah, and and the legitimate callouts and use it to improve, I think there's value in that. Um, let I let have me only just. A- Go oh,
1: ahead. go ahead. Finish that. But then I want I to say back. I so.
2: only replied to one person's review mm-hmm. and it was because the, the, the person was doing it as part of a blog um, review that they agreed for a free copy of the book. They would give an honest review type thing. And they had said that they were very upset because um, the characters go to Tyrannog. It's in the, the what's called the flap copy or the blurb on the back that sort of gives you the, the short of what the book is about. And she said, you know, I was looking forward to that and it doesn't happen to near the end and it sets it up like it's supposed to be this big twist but I knew it was happening. And I sent her an email and I said, I am very sorry about that. That was not my call. I didn't get to write the flat copy. My editor did. I was hoping to have kept that out so that it was a big twist and a surprise Spoiler sure. for anybody who hasn't read the book but you know if you look at the oh. flap
0: copy it's not <laughs> Book's <laughs> been out for eight years i i mean, yeah. you, know, you know we we, we have damien, damien is usually the one telling me you don't need to worry about spoiler yeah. review. we're yeah. talking about a 30 well, year old fucking movie but so, that's you know, the only I'm,
2: one i responded yeah. to and she actually replied back and said oh thank you i appreciate knowing that it's I, i'm really sorry you got stuck that way she said other than that i, I like the book that's just that was disappointing sure. <laughs> So, so I
1: wanna okay. I wanna circle back to a couple aspects real quick. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned fridging the woman. Uh, just for those of our, our listeners who are in the car driving, fridging the girl is essentially somebody attacked Hal Jordan's uh, girlfriend. girlfriend. Um, yeah. Um and, and actually just... it wasn't it wasn't Hal Jordan. It wasn't okay.
0: Hal Jordan, it was oh shit. Um Kyle no it wasn't hell jordan yeah. it was it was the, it was the, the new the new no uh the new barry queen. west yeah yeah oh. yeah it was uh barry west's girlfriend um a a super villain no you <laughs> asshole no not barry west is it was, it was, uh, jim
1: johnson jack johnson off. joe johnson
0: no no just was joe jackson now i gotta look it up God All damn right. it. well
1: while you're doing that anyway uh, they fridge yeah. so basically attacked the green lantern's girlfriend um, to get at Green Lantern, and basically did horrifying things to her, and stuck parts of her body in the refrigerator. So, for oh my God, fight. how depraved we are using a woman's body to further the plot for a man's descent and then rise back into redemption. So that's and that's, that's actually, essentially fridging the girl.
2: Yeah, it's there's a little bit more nuance to it. It's the yeah. woman doesn't have any backstory, right? Or agency. Her only purpose in the story is to serve as a plot point to drive a man's character development.
0: There. All right, it was go kyle rayner god damn it
1: yes yes uh um, Cla- claude claude rain's girlfriend
0: um, and the background
2: test for people yeah. who don't know is um was set up by i can't think of her first name um maybe it was mary Beck.
0: allison allison, allison McDow.
2: McDow. thank mm-hmm. you um was that to pass this test a bulk needs to have two female characters in it who talk to each other who are named And the, co- the right yes thank you two named characters who speak to each other and the t- conversations they have do not involve a relationship with one of the other characters
1: and and specifically uh, uh,
0: specifically a man
1: yeah right. a, a man yes. a relationship with a man and it doesn't have to be romantic it could be you know your brother yeah. blah 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 yeah. um and it the tot- totality of the conversation need only be two exchanges
2: right yeah so
1: hello it is hello it's a
2: very very low bar
1: yeah low it's, weather yeah. <laughs> bad weather isn't it yes it's terrible yeah. that would yeah. pass if right. you, and, if,
0: yeah, if, if you fail the Bechdel test, you really, really fucked up. But yeah. honestly, I mean, you know,
1: that's a vast majority of Hollywood, like eighty something percent of Hollywood movies still don't pass it. Oh well, today look at
0: every look at literally every uh, romantic comedy ever fucking yeah. written up until yeah. you know, the last la- like the last, last ten week. years. You know, in yeah, fairness,
1: okay. romance is in the name. So like yeah, that scene with Carrie still, Fisher and Meg know. Ryan in When yeah, Harry okay. Met Sally they're literally talking about romance in a romantic comedy. I'm yeah. kind of more okay with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, granted, but in, but you in know every what? other genre, I, I think it's egregious Everywhere. as hell, yeah. including yeah. shit like wonder woman. Like, yes, it yeah. passed, but mm, it should have passed oh, by much more flying colors. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, so. and- the fact that I had passed it without even being aware of it shows you how easy it is to pass it. And and right, I yeah, grew up with all those privileges and bubbles. Um, yeah, but yeah, I did take that and and reshape the the, the forgotten. Um, and three promises is book three or book two point five, and it's sort of the DVD extras because um, the stolen ends on a cliffhanger, which I won't reveal. But um, originally, that cliffhanger was going to be resolved in the forgotten. And my editor told me I had to cut that scene out because it does not tie at all with the story we just read. It doesn't fit. And I said, okay, but you've got to let me reveal this somehow or readers are going to be pissed that they got to wait for a whole other book to find out what happened. Sure. So her answer was, okay, well, um, do it as a short story and... Well, if it's over, I think it was 45,000 words, we can actually do a physical printing of it rather than just an ebook and we'll release that. So, I unofficially, we're on my way into getting a third book. Well done. Um, so, Three Promises is sort of a DVD extras mm-hmm. um, that includes a couple of stories that were outtakes from The Forgotten that didn't make it, and a resolution to The Stolen, and a bonus fourth story about a group, a military magic group called the Legion of Solomon introduces them that comes into more play in the return um but um most people have told me that the forgotten is clearly where i found my voice um mm. i think the forgotten is a much better story than the stolen is um it feels much truer to me and it's much more my story rather than the story i thought that should have been told um
0: okay want, i want to what- I, I, I want to delve into that a little bit i'm i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna dig in on that but in what way in what way do you feel that that it's more yours as opposed to the stolen because you're saying the stolen was the fee the story you felt should have been told and i i want to know i want to know kind of how how did you when you were writing the stolen or when you were working on you know, editing it and getting it, getting it through the process and getting it out into the world because, you know, Mm -hmm. vomiting it out onto the page is just the first step. You know, um, how do you, how do you feel like the, the, the forgotten is, is more you and, and how do you feel that the stolen is more like, did you feel like there was an obligation going on Uh, in your head or like,
2: yeah, there, there. I definitely felt there were boundaries um, that I had to to work. If I was writing an urban fantasy book, I had to, and it was a fairy story. I had to fit within these lines. And okay. for some genres, there are very specified um, qual- uh, uh, aspects you have to hit. Propes that
0: Um, you have to to tag. Romance is a
2: perfect example. For a book to be uh, categorized as a romance book, there are very specific things that have to happen in that book. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not a romance. Um, Things are a little grayer with fantasy, urban fantasy, science fiction, and all that. Um, And that's another point I'll, I'll make here in a minute. But when I was writing The Stolen, it was more of a story that I thought was... I don't want to say marketable because that wasn't really what my thinking was, but it was more of these the, the the books that I have read look like this, and this is the the, the this is how books are supposed to be written. And okay. I have some ideas okay. that are really weird and off 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 you know really kind of strange that aren't going to work, so I'm not going to put them in this. Okay. And with the, okay. With the forgotten, I had started working on the forgotten before the stolen got published, and with the forgotten, I thought you know what fuck it i think these are really cool ideas and i'm just gonna run with it okay (laughs) so do
1: you mind if i break in here just for a second yeah you've mentioned urban fantasy like four times can you can you go off on that a bit because i mean clearly it's a through line through your books and it's i mean just the two words combined are not words you normally would think of together
2: right um, um, so, you know, kind of I've defined. got
1: ideas that come to mind about it, but right. you're the one who writes about this stuff. So, I, I imagine there's a lot more that you could bring to it than me just going, well, it's probably like
2: supernatural. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, and actually, supernatural is another subgenre. So, you've got different genres of books, obviously, you know, mysteries, sure. romances, science fiction, and fantasy. And then you have subgenres underneath those. Um, underneath science fiction, you have space opera, you have hard science fiction. That's um, so
1: funny you know, i put space opera and fantasy all the time
2: <laughs> well there's crossovers i mean like sure. star wars is actually a fantasy story that's set in space it's, exactly it's, um it doesn't really rely so much on science but right um under fantasy you have high fantasy which is what most people think of when they hear of fantasy which is castles and knights and dragons and right typical uh uh Ed, Ed broke
1: that the high and low fantasy he broke that down okay. in in the Conan series. Okay. but I don't mind you uh, yeah. going over it but yeah. yeah
2: yeah no And then urban fantasy is basically modernized fantasy. Um, oh. the, the first urban fantasy books and I actually looked this up before this this uh, the show just to kind of get my, my feet under me to, to have some cool facts. I did not realize this but the first urban fantasy books were published in the 30 the late 30s and they were occult detective stories. okay. That um, kind
0: of makes sense.
2: okay yeah, based um,
0: on based on what the pulps were publishing at the time. Mm-hmm. right. that makes sense.
2: Um, yeah, so um, and then it, it progressed into there, but urban fantasy as a genre didn't really kind of get its name or get take off until the 80s um, which is when uh, uh, the 80s and the 90s and uh, Borderlands is probably one of the first um, books or shared worlds where urban fantasy starts to take off um that was terry Windling. and the borderlands was a world between the Feylands and the real world where technology and magic didn't work very well it was sort of mm. where magic and technology met and you had things like elves on souped up motorcycles and okay um, it, it's the idea of taking magic and putting it to a modern world um
1: now let me let me ask you. I'm gonna just jump in with yeah. a bunch of follow up questions because I know next to nothing about fantasy uh, or books. Um, so uh, this
0: a <laughs> way to bury the lead there.
1: Sure. Dude. Uh, All right. <laughs> but like what you're describing sounds a lot like Shadowrun, the role playing game.
2: That's actually Shadowrun does qualify as urban fantasy, and I actually think in my personal my, my personal place, I think mm-hmm. Shadowrun was a response to cyberpunk. That okay Cyberpunk that's what i thought too a turn yeah. that science fiction took where it went the dark gritty path in the 80s and 90s and shadow run was fantasy saying well we can do that too <laughs> oh you okay. want to get all dark and gritty we can get dark and gritty too yeah we can do the same thing okay yeah um yeah. and and that's where you've got things like um there's there's also some different genres within uh, urban fantasy. There's uh, sometimes called magical realism, and magical realism is is that's kind of where I land. Where magical realism is where you find ways to explain your mm-hmm. fantastical elements.
0: Uh, well, and there's and there's also uh, like if you if you get really literary, um, there there are there do. are authors. Yeah, fuck you. No, you don't. We all know it. <laughs> uh, but but there are, there are authors who manage to get away with writing near fantasy without having to fall into the ghetto because it's, well, you know, it's magical realism. Right. And, um, or paranormal. Know, yeah. Or, yeah. or paranormal. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, uh, you know, a thousand years of solitude and, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And, and that's, that's like the extreme, I want to say almost non-magical edge of magical realism, where well no I'm a literary author and this is all metaphorical and this is all symbolic of shit
2: yeah because you there know. is definitely a a, a, uh, a miasma that literary authors have that they see around genre writers that we're not real writers
1: right we, we,
2: well we and I've stuff
1: I've always heard they magical realism
2: but...
1: <laughs> I've always heard magical realism as as being specifically tied to Latin American cinema like you see it pop up a lot Fair in case. Latin American and oddly enough Norwegian cinema, um, and and so I always I didn't know magical realism was a book convention as much yes. as it was a movie convention, a film convention.
2: Yeah, no, it, it is, um, and okay. and it's but it's it's kind of interchangeable for urban fantasy, the mm-hmm. the lines between some of the genres and and I was gonna, the point I was said I was going to make later I'll make now is that i'd say even the line between science fiction and fantasy now whereas before there were very there are polar ends Mm -hmm. but the areas between them are very very smeary gray
1: it's a slanted Um, line like i was in the bookstore and it's just sci-fi slash fantasy so it's It's just a slanted line
2: no (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the line between them is, and I actually think that, uh, I think Arthur C. Clarke is to be blamed for that, and with our own development, his third law that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. We've reached the point, I think, of our understanding of the world in science, particularly once we started delving into quantum mechanics, and people started understanding how weird the quantum world was. Mm-hmm. I think that just opened the door for people to start saying, ha, magic is quantum. And sure quantum is the new buzzword it, it is a Atom- it is what atomic was for asimov and his generation
1: is um, it as misunderstood as in because quantum means tiny as fuck and everybody yeah. thinks of it as being enormous because of the tv it, series quantum leap and everybody and, missed and, how and, close and, everything
0: was Can confirm that yeah quantum yeah. gets abused yeah. like like and and, and i'll be taking advantage of it too
2: um sure the uh, where the idea for the forgotten actually came from and the forgotten is where i go from being really urban fantasy to delving into magical realism because i start explaining the magic in terms of science but oh. the way i explained it was you know if somebody throws a fireball well we know a fireball All it is you're just exciting the molecules to a point to where they can bust and consume fuel that's it it's not magic it's scientifically explainable we know teleportation actually exists because we know wormholes are theoretically possible. Quantum leaping is actually a thing, it's just at right. the subatomic level. Yeah, it's when tiny. A, an electron disappears mm. from one from one uh, level stage, whatever the, the technical term is, and reappears mm-hmm. in another. Better remember him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't cross the space in between. Right. Um, you can fact, cast blindness on someone. That. Yeah, right. you
1: can cast blindness on someone, and you've blinded them with science.
0: Okay, yeah, that I'm one sure. pisses
2: me off. Yay. Yeah, that, that one was not so good. Okay. That, was, um, that was,
0: no,
1: no. No, quality has nothing bad, to do with whether demon. or not it bad. pisses him off. <laughs> it has nothing to do with quality.
0: Good day, sir. <laughs> hey.
2: When? Everybody's stealing
1: Ed's lines Son tonight. Up, bitch.
2: <laughs> um, But in The Forgotten, the main character, Wraith, um, her magical understanding is on the level of, of quantum information. That she, and and this is a bastardization of what quantum information really is, but she can actually see quantum information and by changing the quantum information through her force of will, which I happily ripped off from Mage the Ascension, the White Wolf game, as well as Beyond the Supernatural. (laughs) Damn it. She can change the probability of things because at this point we're basically of the understanding that anything is possible. It's just that some things are so incredibly unlikely that they're improbable to an ump degree. If you walk into a wall enough times, you will eventually walk through the wall because the way the atoms will line up, but -hmm. the number of times it will take for that to happen and the the odds of it are so slim. What Wraith does is she basically changes probabilities from being astronomically improbable to being an absolute certainty. Nice. and my whole idea for Wraith came about because of the uh, double slit experiment, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, it's optics, right? No, it's it's, it's no, it's uh,
1: uh, you got to clear your history when you look it up. It, <laughs> it's just <laughs>
2: yeah, it's the, the idea being that um, as we understood, and most of I mentioned the way you guys were taught in school is that light is photons, which are like particles. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they move like waves, but they're still particles. And the idea was that um, if you set up a um, A barrier with two slits in it and you shine a light through it um you should you see two white bars of the light shining through okay but if you do it in water and send a wave through you get a pattern of waves that's an interference pattern well what they found was when they um would fire photons through well, no. When you shine light through, you also get the interference pattern because the light interferes with itself or interferes as it goes through, right? Like, okay. like a wave. So what they did was they fire individual protons through each the slits randomly, and some will bounce off where it hits the barrier, some will pass the one slit, some will pass the other, and what you would think would happen when you do this is that you would then see two bars, right? Because mm-hmm. it's one pro- one photon at a time. It isn't. You still get an interference wave. And scientists said, well, this is really freaky. Why is this happening? So they set up detectors in front of the barrier, right where the slits were, to monitor the protons. And the minute they did this, and they ran the experiment again, they got two bars. They no longer got the interference wave.
1: Because the protons didn't want to get caught out. So they're like, oh, never mind, guys. Let's just do it uniform. In
2: in layman's terms, they forced the photons to go from a wave to being a, a, a particle. Simply by observing them and doing.
0: Yeah, that. by virtue of observation. Which so which, this is
1: okay. Yeah. So she's Schrodinger's cat. She makes the cat decide to be dead or alive.
2: Yes. yeah okay. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now, she is 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 changing the the outcome by pushing her observation onto levels of things that aren't normally observed.
1: Ooh, yeah. that's some dune level shit there. Yeah,
2: it's it, it that it, actually
0: it's, is. Yeah, I, a really I I did my own ass
2: on it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun because the tagline I used for Wraith was uh, never cross a girl who's good at math. Oh, um, I like it. Because That's awesome. I, I, I wanted the main character. She's a homeless teenage girl, which um, I was actually homeless twice myself when I was in college. Um, and that became a big thing for me and still is. Um, I wanted the main character to be a homeless girl um, and I wanted her to be a math whiz because partially you don't see very many girls that are really good at math is the, the hero of a book. right? Um, and a, a key part for me was at the end of it, she didn't wind up with a home. She didn't get adopted. She didn't find a family. She didn't find a home. She was still homeless at the end of the book because that's how the world really is. And a side point, there are other kids, that they call themselves slingers on the street, which is short for spell slinger. So okay. they, those are the wizard kids, um, most of whom have a specialty in one particular area or another. But then you have 50s, because in my book, there are changelings, which are the offspring of fae and human. Um, And at a certain age, you have to make a choice to decide, are you going to be fae or are you going to be human? And that's actually a plot point in the stolen.
0: Oh, the Elrond gambit.
2: Yeah. Um, And the street kids who are uh, changelings call themselves 50s, which is short for 50-50. They're half human, half fae. Right. And the 50s are actually a stand-in for the LGBTQ kids because almost half of street kids are LGBTQ. Right. Um, and it's the same premise that there are these kids who um at a certain age start developing powers and not fitting in and not understanding who they are and not sure of themselves and have families that freak out and don't want to deal with them and they get the boot and get kicked on the street.
1: So they could choose between basically living a closeted life or...
2: Right. Or being who themselves. Being and, true to but, themselves. But they have to do it on the street, which that's something right. I always tell people is, you know, a lot of kids that are on the street. and I, I, When I say kids, I mean kids under 18. Right. Aren't there because they just got pouty one day and ran away. They're on the street because the street was the most reasonable choice for them. Yeah. Um, out of all the options they had.
0: Okay, um, I'm I'm gonna need to just real quick step away from the table here and go in the other room and hug my kid. <laughs> yes. By all means, please. Fuck me. yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I was lucky
2: that my 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 bouts of homelessness were fairly short. I was in college and it was when the dorms were closed and I had no place to go. Sure. And I could have gone home, but I didn't want to because it wasn't a good place for me. Um but um the the people I met when I was on the street were not so lucky and I got some insights into a lot of things
3: sure um,
2: but um anyway on on a slight on a lighter note wraith ended up quickly becoming my favorite character um to the point to where she she was the person i wanted to be when i was that age um, mm-hmm. and her confidence grew as my confidence in writing grew and um the the probably the coolest thing that has happened to me yet as an author Um, I have gotten some fan mail. Not much, but I've gotten some. But the coolest piece I got was I got an email from um, a woman or girl, um, let's call her a woman, um, who was sending me the email from a halfway house that she had found the forgotten and read it and the book meant so much to her that she just wanted to reach out to me and let me know that she so appreciated seeing homeless kids accurately portrayed And portrayed in a way to where they didn't get this great happy ending at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And that she was now working through a halfway house. Her and her boyfriend were engaged. And they were looking for an apartment to get themselves set up. And that she had named one of her pet rats Wraith. Oh, wow. And she just wanted to let me know. And she said that anytime she sees the forgotten, she tapes a youth resource card to the inside of the cover. Oh, wow. And she wanted to know if I was okay with that. And I said, not only am I okay with that, I think that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That's a hell of a legacy, so, yes, right there. Please, yeah, that's that is that is from this point on, my level of success. I don't know if I'll be able to top that. Um, as, as a writer, I I, I have achieved something that, that I didn't think I would be able to.
1: Yeah, you transcended um, that's amazing. Your genre and yeah. you transcended your story. Like you you touched humanity. Yeah. Well, and I
2: mean that's amazing. every writer I know. Ultimately, what they're looking to do with their stories is that they want to connect to other people. They want to give somebody a story to where they see something in and of themselves or it's, it's, it's yeah, they want people to be entertained by the story, obviously. But your secret hope is that there's that one person out there who's going to read this book and just go, oh my God,
0: oh, mm-hmm.
2: this is so good. This, this, is, this means so much to me. That's, I, this has had an impact on my life. This is something that I want to talk to people about that it just, it resonates with me and i know some writers who have had that happen and all of us are just like when you reach that point there's just that's it you're done i i don't need to be a new york times bestseller i don't need to make millions of dollars off these books both of those would be nice i won't turn away if they happen but knowing that i have achieved this and i have made a difference in another person's life is is really really cool um so and and as Wraith develops um into uh returned she um she grows both as as a character and as a person and it's it actually was harder for me because i had to age her as the books and i spaced the books about a year apart so she ages a year through each book so she starts at around 15 the the return she's about to turn 18. um but through all of those she never she's always a street kid and um she is working to help street kids and in fact, um, she gets some help from the the fake Court that resides on Earth, um, from uh, one of the characters, Bridget, who, mild spoiler here, was the Saint Bridget of Catholic fame, um, was the patron saint of children. Um, and I am kind of curious about what the resident Catholic thinks about that.
0: But oh, okay. So, so the resident Catholic thinking about that. Um... <laughs> Uh, if you ask any Catholic authority outside of Ireland or the Irish diaspora, Bridget isn't a saint. If you try to tell anybody in Ireland or in the Irish diaspora that Bridget isn't a saint, you're going to get a pair of black eyes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, fill no, me in it's on a this con- one. It's a confirmation name, fuck you. Yeah. Like, no, no. Okay, fill you in on this one. Yeah, please,
1: please. So, yeah, okay, again, as the non-Catholic. Yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so. And I'm not Catholic. Uh, um, I'm just Irish. So. Yeah, but, <laughs> right. but your name well, is Bishop, which, which, so which which means you're like you know 25% Catholic, whether you whether you mean to be or not. Like, it's, it's, it's there's it's, a
1: term for people you know, who are, uh, Abrahamic, and that is culturally Jewish. I do believe yeah. culturally Catholic yeah, is a yeah. thing.
0: Yeah the 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 yeah. term I've used with with another one of my very good friends uh, who who grew up going to parochial school and is now a pagan I say no no you're ethnically Catholic fuck you yeah. you don't you don't <laughs> you don't get away from it no yeah. um, and and so so f- for those in the audience who are you know proddies, um or or non Christians um, Bridget uh, was a was a Celtic goddess uh, of the of the pre Christian Irish. Uh, she's she's one of several okay,
1: that's why i know that name
0: yeah okay yeah and, okay. and her and sheila uh she known it uh you may have heard of sheila Nagig, the the figure that you see in 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 churches that's a that's a very clearly yonic uh kind mm-hmm. of figure carved into carved into church architecture. goddess
1: of surfing in australia yeah nice yeah
0: nice well done yeah not even oddly in this context not even mad um and so, anyway, as as the Catholic Church did uh, remarkably well, I'm not even going to say Catholic. As the early Christian Church did remarkably well everywhere it went, um, they they appropriated local local beliefs and local ideas, and mm-hmm. Bridget and Sheila and a couple of other goddesses that I can't think of right now uh, got got transformed into saint figures okay uh there was actually a, a great article that i think bishop is the one who shared it but i read it earlier today uh, that was about sheila so like uh, yeah. canonized uh, as, by as secretion kind of yeah okay yeah, it was quite uh, popular and,
2: demand,
0: basically. Yeah, essentially, it's like no, no, it's like we're we're not we're not going to give up venerating this figure. So you've got to figure out a way to include her in the festivals, and <laughs> and so that so the mythology, I like that. So the, so so the 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 lore in Ireland is that Sheila was the wife of Patrick, and uh-huh. Brigid okay, um, was was this uh, you know goddess figure who got turned into an early Irish saint.
1: Okay, so. So Bridget is not not a saint through the Catholic faith, but more through the Irish culture.
0: Yes, popular okay. acclaim. Yes.
1: Okay. Cool. Thank you for for clarifying that for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Um,
2: but um, you know, One of the things that that um, as you read the books, each of the books takes place in a different city. And okay. What I wanted to do, what the the ultimate premise was, the American Fairy Tale series, what the the, the thought behind it, the theme was that america is a melting pot of cultures um mm-hmm. the english language being an excellent example of that that you know the line that english is you know hides out in alleys and bugs and knocks out of the languages and goes to their pockets for loose change yeah um, it's,
0: it's I, I like the one that says it's what you get when uh germans learn <laughs> latin to shout at vikings yes yeah yeah um so what i want to take
2: was that that america really didn't have its own fairy tales Mm
3: -hmm. all
2: of our fairy stories all of our mythologies really are from the cultures that fed the united states because we're an immigrant culture Mm -hmm. we may have put our own twist on them but ultimately they started from there so i wanted to make a, a a world where the united states wasn't just a melting pot of cultures but it was also a melting pot of fairy ideas it was our own fairy stories. so the stolen is based in boston so it's very very heavily irish influenced
1: i was gonna um, ask so may, may i break in here now when you say fairy tale you mean actual like the fae
2: yes i i okay. I, I mean the, the the old world celtic spelling f-a-e-r-i-e okay um, and there was actually something came up on facebook about the difference in spells, that spelling versus the the typical f-a-i-r-y right and in my view when you see the the a-r-y it is typically geared towards children's stories it's usually softer more right friendly.
1: fractured fairy tales for instance
2: yeah but it, 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 it it's it's more gentle yes traditional fairy tales from the old world were uh-huh. meant to scare the ever-loving shit out of you they were warning tales they were mm-hmm. they were telling you not to go into the forest because bad things are there that want to trick you and eat you and steal you away to another land and you'll come back 100 years later and you'll be really dead right um it, there's a reason that in Ireland to this day they build roads that go around trees that there are some trees they don't cut down they they literally route roads around some trees sure yep um so i wanted to have an americanized fairy tale an american based fairy tale so in this world the fae are split into two there are two main courts traditionally you have had the seelie and the unseelie which are right
1: in the back oh my daughter's like, going to just love this
2: um in mine, it's the Dawn Court and the Dusk Court. Um, okay. But there is a third court called the Rogue Court that exists on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two exist in Tirnanog, or the Tir. Okay. Um, which Tirnanog is the land of eternal youth in, in Irish, but it's, it's my catch-all for the fairy world. Um, and a lot of the original premise of the Stolen is going to be that a lot of the, the creatures that we think of as monsters are actually fairies that we misinterpreted. In, in my book, um, there's actually a gloss at the end of the stolen that will tell you the Irish and the Welsh that I use, what it means. But uh, one of the bad fairies you run into is the Ikei She, uh, which in the book, it looks like it's Oichi. Uh, but because Irish is a pronunciation guide to confound the English, um, <laughs> it's pronounced like Ike or Ikii. And they basically look like goth 10-year-olds but all their teeth are sharp and they were the cultural inspiration for vampires. So vampires exist, but they're not vampires. They're bad fae. Okay. Um, And I wanted to do that with basically every monster from history, but I kind of abandoned that. I took pieces of it, but I abandoned it as the the overriding aspect. Um, The forgotten takes place mostly in Seattle. Um, So there we delve into some German mythologies, Mm -hmm. uh, some Russian mythology, And some uh, uh, Native American mythology.
1: Okay. Um, I was going to ask about that because, like, you you talk about fairy tales, you talk about monster tales, and I'm thinking, like, the the melting pot works in so much as you're talking about white folks. Uh, You know, it's much more of a salad uh, with an oppressive amount of dressing poured over some groups and and not others uh but um i was gonna yeah. ask because you've got people here already who had their own mythos so right okay so in seattle you you actually have these now are these a blending or is this a collision or an abrasion or
2: it's actually the 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 uh the the fae in my world are mm-hmm. the fairies are kind of have to look this up now the fifth house and there are five houses of supernatural beings okay um the, the beings that we would think of as belonging to the indigenous cultures, um, mostly our shapeshifters, are called the first house. Okay. And they were the ones who basically set up this alliance between all the supernatural entities. Gotcha. Um, and uh, I believe it's in the forgotten where uh, she actually starts, uh, Bridget actually starts breaking down who some of their houses are. So, for example, um, dragons are a house all their own. Okay. Um, they just haven't been heard from in centuries, thank God um and (laughs) celestials are another house and race comment was um and this was before guardians of the galaxy i would just like to point out
1: (laughs) race comment
2: was i assume you don't mean the really big scary guys from the marvel comics right
1: nice nice um yeah
2: so even though she's homeless she is still a geek she's she does still uh, Mm -hmm. make a lot of quips um and um uh, the, the shapeshifters um, make an appearance when we get to the, the Return, which takes place in New Orleans. And that takes some uh, Creole and Acadian mythology. Okay. Adds in. Um, and what I was surprised about was um, I wanted to look at what kind of mythology or, or stories were popular in New Orleans. I was very mm-hmm. surprised to find out that werewolves and shapeshifters are a big thing in Louisiana. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. some of it is a carryover from the French, the Lou Garou.
1: Yeah, I was um, gonna say you got a lot yeah, of French but, and yeah. Italian coming but in there.
2: In, in yeah. Louisiana, they're called rougarou because you know Louisiana. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of French, but fuck the French, right? Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, we're we're the ones. So so Louisiana is is the the French equivalent of uh, the the Appalachian. Uh, yes. You know, expansion in the rest of the of the country, yeah. which is to say, Appalachia was was settled by the Scots and the Irish. who got kicked out by the English. It was like, right. no, go off into the bleeding edge of our empire and go, you know, yeah. colonize because you're yeah. expendable. You're also, you know, crazy tough. And so, yeah, Louisiana was the French version of that. Yeah. yeah. Um.
2: And and um, had a lot a lot of fun with that because I actually. I've been to all the cities um, mm. that I mentioned in my book, so I can add in some details that you would know if you've been to the city. Um, my personal favorite one is in Seattle. Um, I would recommend anybody do this. Look up uh, the Fremont Troll. And Ed, I'm sure you're well familiar with that.
0: Oh, yeah. Now I have all kinds um, of self-reported. Fremont Troll a, Fremont is Troll.
2: a sculpture that is under an overpass.
0: Oh, I know that one, um, yeah.
2: Of a troll who has his hand over an actual VW Beetle.
1: Yeah. They featured it in 10 Things I Hate About You.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And kids climb all over. Well, in The Forgotten, the Fremont troll is an actual troll. Um, And he is a protector of children. And he just stays in his stone shape when people are around. Sure. So that he doesn't scare the shit out of people, but he always makes sure the kids are taken care of and they're safe. I like it. Which I had a lot of fun when I attended Emerald City Con, which is in Seattle. And I got to use that as a selling point for my book for people from the areas. Hey, the Fremont Trolls are there for my book. Oh, I got to buy this. I got to read that. Yeah, oh, hey. So yeah, it was the idea that I wanted to take all of these disparate cultures Mm -hmm. and how they all interacted and not all of them get along very well. Mm -hmm. Um, The premise being for the, the, the return, this isn't any kind of a big giveaway, but the reason that the characters from The Stolen, Caitlin and Edward, um, are meet up with Wraith ultimately for like a full-on adventure, is because they're venturing to New Orleans and the Faye don't have control over New Orleans, the Louisiana. That is a part of the country that is controlled by the first house. So the Faye don't have the ability to just walk in there. That's their jurisdiction isn't there. So they ask Wraith to go on to watch over the Caitlin and Edward. Um, and of course, it, since it's it's New Orleans, there is of course zombies and there's some voodoo. Um, but right. I was going to ask
1: about the Loa. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Both Seattle and New Orleans also have a fairly substantial uh, homeless kid uh, population.
1: Well, um, because they're both places that are near water, and. Well,
2: yeah they're, they're transit centers and yeah. any place where there's a yeah. lot of people um mm-hmm. where there's more people around you have an easier time finding food you have an easier time exactly finding places to, you, you find squats
1: i was gonna say they're they're big port towns too so you yeah. have a lot of this fell off the uh the dock <laughs> you know friendly folk uh who who will you know very yeah. often tend to the the urchins of of the street
2: and um actually I, there is another story now that I think about it I, I do have another book in the works but Harper did not renew my contract after the returned mm. um, it wasn't selling well enough so they didn't pick up okay. I think part of it was because my editor had also left Harper at the end of the returned and I got a new a new editor and one of her first comments when I sent her what I had of the, uh, the next book which was going to be called The Broken was I, yeah this is okay but uh, fantasy isn't really my thing and I'm thinking, then why did you get assigned to a fantasy? I, why, why, why am <laughs> um, I working with you?
1: They might yeah, have had I, the same question.
2: Well, and I think it was I think that was the polite way of them sort of yeah. showing me the door. My books weren't the, the the sales rate of my books had dropped off at that point. They weren't doing very well. This is why I tell people, if you like a series, please for the love of God buy the books as they come out. Because if you wait for the whole series to be completed before you buy the books, you may not get the entire series. Um, they only let an author keep writing books in a series if people are buying them. If you're not buying them right you're waiting for the series to finish, they're gonna get finished. Um,
0: okay, so so here's an inside baseball question, because because uh-huh. this brings something up. If you were to, you know, complete the broken and shop it around, would you not be able to do that? Because it involves, oh, no, characters... I can't sell that. Okay. Um
2: the, the way my contract worked was um the after my last book in the contract was was fulfilled, I was obligated to give the next book involved in that universe or with those characters. I had to give Harper first pass at it. Okay. If Harper passed on it, it was mine. I could do whatever I wanted with it. The downside to that is it wasn't ever going to get picked up by another traditional publishing house because no publishing house is going to want to pick up book four or five in a series when they're not going to make any money off the earlier books. Mm. Okay. Um uh currently. Much to my dismay, *The Forgotten* is out of print in physical form. It's still available in ebook. Um, I still have copies that I sell when I go to events,
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: but when those are gone, they're gone. However, because it's out of print, I can now get the rights for it back from Harper and release it myself. Um, and Falstaff has actually expressed interest in picking it up and putting it out, which oh, means that wow, okay. the books are out there and exist. Um, cool.
1: And then you could also get an omnibus at some point, kind of thing going, yeah. And
2: they have expressed interest in the broken, so that would give me an excuse to write that. Because I have had people email me asking when the next book is. They, they like the characters, they like the stories, but there is a novella out as well. uh, Another fun twist: I was invited to be part of a story collection called "A Very Fairy Christmas," and there were six or seven of us, and we all submitted novellas that were Christmas themed. Everybody else submitted pretty much what you you would expect, that they were kind of flowery, friendly, nice Christmas themes. Mm-hmm. M- mine was a Wraith story, so it was not. <laughs> um, uh, everybody here is old enough to remember um, uh, the, the We Are the World song. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. It's Christmas. There's yeah. that great line that Bono sings, that tonight thank God it's them instead of you. Mm-hmm. That was the theme of my story. Um, oh lovely it, it starts with wraith breaking a traffic a Russian trafficking ring um rescuing oh okay women that are being trafficked by Russian mobsters um and basically losing her shit and kicking and Wraith is great for this because I get to live vicariously through her so she kicks the ever loving shit out of these mobsters so I, I you cannot add you know me you you can imagine how oh. much I enjoyed writing those things. oh I'm I'm sure um, I mean, I have actually yeah. lately in my mind been thinking, God, I wish Wraith was real because she would be in Ukraine right now, <laughs> just like pulling helicopters and jets out of the air, <laughs> literally, literally <laughs> yeah.
0: pulling them yeah. out of the sky. Um, nice, um, but the, Darth but the Vader premise, style. All I yeah. see are, all I see is fear and dead men. <laughs> That's you right.
2: Know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the premise of that novella, that, and that one is available. That one I actually did release myself on ebook um is that wraith gets dragged into help because a hope uh, a hope child was born and this is basically a child that um if they're raised correctly they become the embodiment of the best of winter which is solstice christmas all that of us we come together so that we all make it through winter we share our food we share Mm -hmm. gifts we -hmm. share warmth so that we all survive if this child is raised in the wrong conditions they'll basically grow up and become a krumpus or krampus that they will become the worst parts of winter the dark the cold mm-hmm. the anger the fear and um a bit of a spoiler here the reason they lost track of this kid is because the kid is trans and the identity the name that they had that they were using to track the child doesn't work anymore because that's not the kid's name anymore
1: and that's their not dead what the name
2: kid is anymore right so, Wraith has to draft some help. That's this one sent in New York City. Wraith drafts the help of a kid who is actually named after the woman who sent me the email. Mm. Um, she got a character named after her, um, who helps Wraith through this misadventure through New York City to try and find what's going on. And you find out that there's basically um, an entire underground city of homeless mm-hmm. people, homeless kids, especially of homeless supernaturals in New York City. Um, and as I progressed through the books, one of the other things I tried to do was um, this is another thing that changed with the stolen. The stolen is very much, it could be a, a shadow run or a D type campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of heavy door kicking and, and big fights and sure. grandiose fight scenes. And I think I write fight scenes fairly well. Um but as
0: yeah, I you do.
2: I'm just thank you. Yeah. I yeah. Um, as the stories progress, though, especially with Wraith, I wanted the stories to be resolved. I didn't. I didn't want the answer to always be we have to kill the bad guy to mm-hmm. solve the problem because I think that that is a lot of American culture and a lot of our gun fascination is that's mm-hmm. that's when something is wrong that we have to find the bad guy, we have to kill the bad guy, and the problem goes away. Well, it's more complicated than that, right? Um, so in. The forgotten, it, it, some of that happens, um, but in the returned, there is actually I don't think anybody gets shot in the in the returned at all. Um, I think mean, there's some fist fights, but that's the closest thing that comes to violence. Um, the The broken Delves back more into that because unfortunately, life on the street is tough and there can be violence, um, and it's not always. In fact, it's rarely between other homeless people it's it's often from the outside world um cops particularly or business owners or homeowners um but um yeah that was that was something that was very important to me that i've I've, I've delved into um two-gun witch by its very nature i kind of had to i mean it's set post-civil war america right well you're you're working with that mythology right yeah Yeah. and so
0: you i mean you know you're beholden to those tropes when you do that right well and,
2: and the main character she uses and just to, di- to digress just a bit here that the title two gun witch comes from the fact that as an elf um, some elven women are in this world magic exists but you can only use magic through magical devices um, and you use these devices with your right hand you draw in power through your left side and you project it out through your right through whatever this magical device is a small portion of the population can make these magical devices but cannot use them the majority of people can use them but cannot make so magical devices, while they are available, they're also very expensive because not very many people can make them. Um, however, some Elven women can use magic with both hands. And mm. the favored weapon at this time, particularly for these bounty hunters or stalkers is what's called a spell iron. And it looks just like a revolver, but it has runes and sigils over it. And instead of holding bullets, it holds components and it fires spells. Mm. So you can pull the trigger and it shoots a fireball, or it shoots lightning, or it shoots a cone of cold, or a force blast. Um, and she can use two at once. So the humans have started calling them two gun witches. Hmm. Um, so that's so how much?
1: How much of that was was you playing Deadlands as a kid?
2: Actually, I never played Deadlands.
1: As a kid. No shit. Um, okay, because you totally entire... just... yeah, Hexlinger came to mind yeah. when you said that. Yeah,
2: it, it's the entire premise of the story mm-hmm. and. I know Ed will laugh. I don't know if you will, Damien, if you'll recognize it. But it came from a cover of the song Big Iron, um, (laughs) which is a Marty Robbins 70s country song. But um, Mike Ness, the lead singer of Social Distortion, did Mm -hmm. a cover album of Old Country Song, which is it's um, uh, Under the Influence, fantastic album, highly recommended. But he does a great rockabilly cover of Big Iron. Okay. And Big Iron is just a story about a marshal who rolls into town and the big iron is his gun. Right. He, you know, he has big big iron on his hip. And it's just the traditional yep. stereotypical standoff at high noon that he's coming to, to, to bring an outlaw mm-hmm. in. And they meet in the street. But he's the quicker draw and he shoots the guy down, even though this guy is killed the other lawmen. And as I listened to this song and I really got into it, I was like, wow, wouldn't it be cool? We always hear about wizard duels. Wouldn't it be cool if there were wizard duels like that in the old west? That but it, it was wizards like facing off with spells in the street at high noon. Nice. And then it was, but what if their wands looked like revolvers instead of wands? <laughs> and it just went from there. Yeah. Um,
3: I like
1: it.
2: That, yeah, that I was like it. That was the spark that, that's that's it all. So
1: nice. Um well, we are actually coming uh close to an end here uh as far as our episode lengths go and and things like that uh so do you you said that you are shopping this one around you've already finished oh no this one's
2: this one's this one's uh ready it's going to be released on May 31st.
1: Oh holy Um, moly okay
2: yeah so just a couple of months there's actually there is a local convention in uh Richmond called RavenCon because okay is from this area. Um that's my local con that I try to go to every year. Obviously for Obvious reasons, it hasn't happened the last couple of years. We're hoping it will happen this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not blood, um mm-hmm. if things don't turn really bad really quick. Um, we have arranged for a soft release there, so oh. um, the people going to RavenCon will be able to pick up an early, excuse me, an early copy of it. But the
3: okay.
2: the, the national release will be, excuse me, May thirty first. Mm-hmm. And I am attempting to work on the sequel. It's it's planned to be a trilogy. Okay. And um, Ed will appreciate that this is sort of a, a bonus for your listeners um, that the title for the second book is going to be The Stain of a Nation. Um, because uh, the humans that are corrupted by black magic are called the Stained. Um, nice. They're okay. so nice. And of course, that's a play on Birth of a Nation, that yeah. really right. horrible yeah. movie. Um, so that, that's <laughs> kind of my way of giving the finger. Nice. To... <laughs> yeah. And Very cool. let's be honest, at that time, there, there were a lot of stains on the nation at that time
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They, um, they'd wiped but, out yeah. a few of the bright spots quite honestly yeah yeah uh okay so where can people find that particular book after may 31st
2: um it will be available anywhere the books are sold you can order it from any bookstore you can find it on on the evil empire amazon Um, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books. uh,
1: Do you have a favorite local bookstore that people can go to the website of and order through that? There will actually
2: be a pre-order special. I am setting it up right now. So if you call, depending upon when this podcast comes out, it should be set up by then. Um, But there is the Fountain Bookstore in Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, They do ship all over the country and I'm going to be setting up a a deal that if you pre-order the book through them, Mm -hmm. you will get a print on 11 by 17 of the entire cast of Two-Gun Witch that I had commissioned by an artist who actually does work for Marvel. She did some Gwenpool um, and uh, some uh, Miss Marvel covers in, in comic art. Um, if you do not pre-order it, you will not be able to get all of them in one. I do have it set up to where each of them will have their individual postcards that I'll offer to events, but those postcards will not fit together to make a whole. You can only get the whole by doing this pre-order.
1: Okay, so pre-order through what website again?
2: The fountain the fountain bookstore it is I believe it's just the fountainbookstore.com if you okay one quick second I can tell you sure right now
1: so I would much rather people give money that way you know yes. y'all can spare five bucks for yep. shipping out here in California
2: yep. it is just www.fountainbookstore.com um, excellent tell justice is the owner. Awesome. she is a fantastic person it is an indie bookstore It is a local bookstore they're fantastically supportive um excellent. And they also tend to keep my stuff in stock um, from the American fairy tale and have signed copies if anybody's interested in those. Um, You can also order them to them. I like to ship all over the country and it's medium mail. So it's fairly inexpensive shipping.
1: Nice. Well, there you go, folks. That's that's where you should go. So uh, now uh, where can, um, you know, let's just, uh, you can listen to other podcasts as to where you can find me and Ed. Yeah. Um, let's focus, let's keep all the focus tonight on, on Bishop and his efforts. So Bishop, where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out to you? Or is there a blog or any other presence that you have online you want to alert people to?
2: Yeah. The, the easiest way to find me is going to be through my blog. It's a quiet all mm-hmm. one word. Um, and there are the links there for all my other social medias. I am also on the Twitter as Bishop M O'Connell. The M is how you will denote me from any high schools. Um, <laughs> Also on Instagram is Bishop M O'Connell, though to be to, to be honest, I, I'm not overly active on the Twitters of the Instagram so much anymore. I am on TikTok as I believe it's author bishop. Oh no, um uh, not this wait, no, my actual username is Bishop M O'Connell. My handle name is not the school. Um and I have a Facebook page which is Bishop O'Connell Author or Author Bishop O'Connell. Um, but like I said, if you go to a quietpoint.com it has links to all my social. Media where you can find me there um i do have a, a few years worth of blog post mostly talking about writing and the progress that i went through so if you're an aspiring writer there may be some nuggets in there that you can find that you'll find useful
1: fantastic and uh beyond your own book is there anything else that you would recommend to folks just one uh, other...
2: yeah i actually if if you're interested in urban fantasy a lot of people um these are probably going to sound familiar to people um one that i particularly liked was uh the sandman slim series by richard cadry Um, he's actually just finishing up the last book in the series it is sort of um, I think of it as uh, Harry Potter meets punk rock Um, it is if Harry Potter hung out in dive bars on the bad side of town and cussed a lot Uh, main character goes to hell for a number of years and then escapes to come back Um, it will make you want to listen to social distortion and the kinks at (laughs) least it did me so
0: yeah, so there's there's your your motivation for loving the series right there. Like yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: I personally am a big fan of the Dresden Files series by Jim Butcher. Um, highly highly recommend those. Uh, those are really good. There's a lot of those up now. Um, if you like the genre blending, like with the Forgotten, where it's kind of a mix of science fiction fantasy, this is what that's been out for a little while, but it's called The Prey of the Gods. By Nikki Drayden is a fantastic book. It's set in South Africa, and um, I will just tell you that that the book has in its climactic fight scene, it is an ancient god takes on a giant robot. And okay, that description alone should make just about anybody want to read the book. Yeah, no kidding. Well, well worth it.
0: I'm I'm on board. (laughs) Giant robot, like two words, you had me. Anybody who (laughs) listens to the podcast knows. Okay, well that's where Ed sold
2: like episode
1: three. Yeah,
2: uh, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, just as a fantasy side, if you want to read a high fantasy but you're kind of tired of the, the European centric mm-hmm. um, essay, um, and I'm going to butcher her last name, uh, Raborti, um wrote a series of books. The first one is the City of Brass, the next one is the Kingdom of Copper, and the last one is the Empire of Gold. And it is a Middle Eastern set high fantasy that focuses She does with Jin what I do with Faye, oh. um, and they are really really excellent. Those so really good books
1: recommend those one quick question and i'm gonna i'm gonna kick it back to you to plug your book one more time just because i want to end with your stuff uh my daughter's nine precocious <laughs> loves reading are your books i'm not gonna say accessible because she'll she'll she's reading Earthsea right now um okay. yeah because her brother bought that for her for christmas um are your books uh something that i should wait until she's about 13 14 to read
2: um based upon what i know of you i would say she'd probably be okay with it my Uh books there's there's not really any sex in them um there is some violence especially in the stolen there's there's some pretty brutal fight scenes Mm -hmm. um mostly it's just the scary factor i mean the overriding premise of the first book is that a little girl gets kidnapped by fairies right and stolen away. Yeah, she'd be fine uh, with that it, 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 very
0: if, bad fairies
2: yeah it, it, um, no such thing if she doesn't get nightmares from like horror like scary movies she'll be perfectly fine okay.
0: Um i'll run it by her and I, see what i don't she think thinks. she'll
2: have any problems with it i'm
0: i'm, I'm gonna interject here that as a yeah. parent you might have more trouble with the stolen than she does yeah <laughs> fair because because yeah. yeah. i know i did yeah yeah like okay. I, no i've heard that
2: from a lot of people that that that, that, that scene when when fiona gets taken most of, I, I actually got a couple of emails from people that was fuck you, just fuck you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's that's pretty. That's an eloquent response. I'm yeah. just gonna say like, I might I might give yeah, her a couple hits, years. She's she's got eddies
1: of sensitivity. So yeah, okay. yeah. It, it, but it, thank it, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so one more time, your book because I want to end with that, and then we'll, yep. we'll
2: close um, out. It's the American Fairy Tale series. The first one is the Stolen. Uh, the second book is the Forgotten, uh, which after the Forgotten is when I learned that all my book titles are going to be single titles. Um, The last is The Returned. And between The Forgotten and The Returned is Three Promises, um, which wraps up things in in The Stolen. So if you're going to read them in order, um, it's The Stolen, The Forgotten, Three Promises and The Return. However, with the qualifier, I specifically wrote the book so that you could read them out of order or as standalones and you would not miss anything. There will be some additional context and you'll understand a little bit more of what's going on but you are not required
1: to read any book to read any other book. Excellent. Well, cool. Uh, Bishop O'Connell, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. This is the easiest great. podcast I I've recorded it. in a long time.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, because Bishop was carrying it instead of you. Right? Exactly. Uh, you it, was, it was great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, something about when we talk about books, I get to take the night off. It's, it's and great. Pretty much. Uh, yeah.
2: Unless they're comic <laughs> books and they're Batman.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah well... Yeah.
1: even then the books you notice i didn't touch yeah that was, that was all him it
0: was all the cinema yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That's so cool and well, then if we uh, talk
0: about anything historical he's done all the reading and i'm like oh yeah okay <laughs> cool <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. so yeah. so
1: all right well thank you so much for joining us tonight uh for geek history of time thank you for coming by bishop o'connell uh i'm
0: Damien harmony i'm ed blaylock and until next time watch out for black-eyed children